came then. Mike arrived remarkably quickly. Thank the Lord, said Jesmarie at the sight of him. Only forty, but with twenty years of managing barristers. He got the point in a flash. Not that it was difficult, with the noise still going on next door. What we need is someone to break it up. Mike shook his head. Not like Mr. Norrington Barr, this? Rivalry? suggested Jesmarie. He's got a big case Monday. Murder. Jesmarie shifted on her feet, which always hurt by lunchtime. She'd have to wear blasted trainers like everyone else. Get someone to call them. Wait. They were all quiet. The scuffling which had lessened rose to a loud bang and a yelp. Another family member? We've got their numbers in case his mother passes away. He sped off. By the time the telephone rang on the large desk, the brothers were reduced to a kind of shadow fighting. They were still on the floor, but more out of exhaustion than anything else. Occasionally, one directed an elbow at the other, or a half-hearted kick or a punch. But their faces, although still red, were no longer enraged. They wore expressions more of shock and even sadness, as if this reality were worse than before. Roland let the phone ring a few times, then stood up, tugging his jacket back onto his shoulders. He was even taller than he'd seemed on the ground, so tall that he had a slight, obviously habitual, stoop. Hello. His voice was hoarse. He cleared his throat and pronounced more decisively, Norrington Bar. His fingers felt for his tie, which was not there, since it had swivelled to the back of his neck. Portia. His eyes turned to Leo, still sitting on the floor. At Portia's name, Leo shuffled to his feet. He picked up a chair that had been knocked over and sat on it. He too was tall, although an inch or so shorter than his brother, and with broader shoulders. Both men were beginning to go bald, and had neat, well-trimmed hair, Leo's fairer, with a hint of curl. Portia's voice was loud in the room, as if Roland had the loudspeaker on. What's happening? Your clerk made it sound like murder. Murder? Leo stood up and took off his jacket. His shirt was patched with sweat. He found a handkerchief and wiped his face before sitting down again. He didn't meet Roland's eyes. It's not Imogen, then? continued Portia, more hesitantly. He insisted I rang. Said it was an emergency. Where are you? Roland mumbled eventually. He, too, pulled out a handkerchief and wiped his face. It came back bloodied. He laid it on the desk. I'm on top of Monte Alban, an Aztec site near Oaxaca in central Mexico, trying to get publicity for a women's cooperative. I brought a whole gang of them up here to be photographed, and they're waiting patiently in 95-degree heat. Anyway, I can't afford this call. She sounded defensive. Roland recaptured his tie and eased it round to the front. Once again, he tried and failed to catch Leo's eye. When Portia stopped speaking, he said, Just hold on a minute. 
He pressed a button on the phone and leaned forward to Leo. Shall I tell her? It's up to you. Oh, God. Leo shrugged. He smoothed the jacket across his knee. Bastard, said Roland, without much energy. Who's the eldest here? Leo's voice was mocking. With privilege comes responsibility. Shut up. Roland seemed on the verge of anger again. You'd better say something to her. Roland's fingers hovered over the phone. She'd much rather hear it from you. Leo relented. Turn it this way. Thanks. For the first time, the two men looked at each other. It seemed to constitute a kind of truce. Roland flicked the switch. Leo spoke with his eyes on the window beyond the desk. Porsche.